Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Hapasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you, Lord, that the truth of God shall set us free and we can build our faith, Lord. We want to know you. We want to understand what you want to teach us, Lord. We give this time to you. We ask the Holy Spirit to be our teacher this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The purpose of this teaching is to help you to know the truth and to build your faith. While I was in Thailand, God showed me something. I never thought about this until I heard all the testimony that happened in that nation. That our CD went out and people heard the word and miracles happened and happened like a popcorn, pop, 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 pop everywhere. And that God showed me that in our Christian life, the word salvation is not just forgiveness of sin and we don't go to hell and we go to heaven. But salvation is a package like a box. And in that box, there are so many good things in there because God is a good God. And he wants to give through the death of Jesus, through the resurrection of Jesus, to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, that we have so much good things in that box we call salvation. The problem is, most Christians don't know what is in the box. And if you don't know, you don't get it. Not only that, some people know, but they don't have faith to get it. So the purpose of listening to the teaching is to hear, to know what belongs to you through Christ Jesus. And then build faith by listening to the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. I thank God for the MP3 and CD ministry, the technology, because you don't have to depend on the tapes that can be torn away, but you can listen again and again and again to know what belongs to you through Christ Jesus. And when you build faith, you can gain those things. You can get those things and live a life that reveals the true good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't want to tell the world that we have good news, but live a bad life. And then they will say that, I don't believe in your good news because your life is so bad. We want to understand the good news, live according to the good news, and tell people that we have a great box of gift from heaven to give to you, and you can know this and you can get it. Amen? And this teaching series called The Goodness of God, The Lord is Good, is very important because it will be like the key to open the door, to open the box, to see what good inside the box so you can get out of that box. The faith in the goodness of God will, has far-reaching effects and does wonders thing in your life. Therefore, you need to listen to this teaching very carefully because it will change your life forevermore. The teaching has changed my life. It will change your life. And the wonderful truth is, God is good. Everything he does is good. There is no bad things in him at all. 
everything he says is good. Everything he tells us to do is good. His will is good. Everything is good. He's so good to the point that the psalmist King David wrote this scripture in Psalm chapter 34 verses 1 to 5. I will bless the Lord at all times. When you know God is good, you cannot stop blessing, praising God all the time. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. The psalmist King David said, Oh, Magnify the Lord. When you are so overwhelmed by the goodness of God, you don't have enough word to say. You cannot have enough vocabulary to say how good he is. That's why we say, oh, we just exclaim that wonderful God is so good. I want to magnify the Lord. I want to laugh. I want to smile. God is so good to me all the time. Amen. That's what happened to the psalmist, King David. He said, oh, magnify the Lord. He cannot explain with his mouth how wonderful God is. And because God is so good, he keep looking at the Lord. And when he could keep looking at the Lord, he shied the glory. He is not a shame anymore. His life is so full of the glory of the Lord. And then he can live a victorious life. I believe God wants all the Christians to live that way. That you experience the goodness of God. You really taste the goodness of God to the point that every single day you can smile, you can laugh, you can say, oh, magnify the Lord with me. God is so good. He's wonderful. You praise God all the time and you keep your eyes on the Lord and your face just shine the radiance and the glory of the Lord all day long. And the Bible continues to say in verse 6, this poor man cried out, the Lord heard me. And save him out of all his troubles. We can put our name in there. That this poor man is me. That God said, I will save this poor man out of financial trouble. If we believe that God is good, we're going to believe that God is going to save us from the troubles of poverty. The trouble of lacking and want in our life. He can help us to meet the right people, to get the right job. To get the right salary, he can help us to meet our needs. Some people tell us that the will of God is that we will be sick, broke, and poor forever. So that he can teach us some good lessons. That when we are sick and poor, we can learn many lessons from heaven. Don't listen to those comments. It's not true. We don't need to learn many lessons by being poor and broke and sick. We can learn a lot, actually, when we are rich. Because we can get more books to read. We can buy more books and tape to listen to. It's not true that we can learn many lessons when we are sick. Sickness is bad. Poverty is bad. Amen. Everyone say sickness is bad. When you cannot pay your bills, it's not good. It's bad. When the creditor call you and say, when you're going to pay your bill, you are in lack. It's not a good witness to the world. You go to church on Sunday, you lift your hand up and say, God is great. But when you get home, you look at the bills and you cannot even pay your bills. 
your neighbor, your relative look at you and say, "You say God is great and God is good, but why are you so broke? Why are you so sick? Why are you so poor and you cannot even pay your bills?" That's why the Bible tried to encourage us to believe in the goodness of God and cry now to God and believe that God is going to save us from the troubles that come from poverty. God can bless us financially to the point that we can pay all the bills that come in. And God can help us to have even leftover plenty to do good things for God. Amen. How many people believe that God is a good God? How many people believe that God can get us out from poverty? How many people believe that riches are good? How many people believe that poverty is bad? So we need to believe that our God, the good God, is so rich. He owns the heaven. And he doesn't want his children to be sick and poor forever. It's the religion that teaches people that our God wants us to be sick and poor. But God himself doesn't want us to be sick and poor. He wants to save us from all the trouble of sickness. Amen? When we are in financial troubles, we are usually tempted to seek money before God. I want to encourage you today. Some of you may feel that you're lacking. You don't have enough. And then what happens? We will seek money before God. I want to encourage you today to change your mentality. When you feel that you are lacking, instead of seeking money before God, the Bible says, seek, seek first the kingdom of God. Put God first in your life and walk by faith. You trust that God is the good God and He can meet all of your needs. And then you walk in obedience or you obey Him every single day. You sow the seed. Okay, seek God first. Obey Him. Sow the seeds. Sow the financial seed. And do whatever He tells you to do. If you can do these three four things here, seek God first, repent, do what He say, keep sowing the seed, and when you come to Him and say, God, you're the good God, you shall meet all of my needs, God will say, now I have the regal right to bless you. Because you open the door for me to bless you. Because you seek me first, you keep sowing the seed, and you keep believing, keep trusting me, and obeying me. The reason that the blessing of God cannot come in, because we turn on to the other side. We seek money first, we are stingy, we don't sow, we keep, 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 we disobey God, we don't trust God enough. Even though God is so sovereign and He's so powerful, he cannot break his own law. He cannot fulfill his promise. The promises will be fulfilled when we do our part. You see what I mean? We have to do our part to seek God first, to repent, to do what he say, to seek him, not money, and to keep sowing the seed. And then God can fulfill the promise. How many people want God to fulfill the promises, financial promises, to meet all of your need? Everyone say, I need to do my part. Seek the kingdom first. Keep sowing the seeds. And do what he say. Trust him and have faith in him. How many people say, I will do that way from now on? And you shall see that God will supernaturally open the door for financial blessing to come in. Psalm chapter 34 verses 7 to 10 say, The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, Test and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. 
Oh, fear the Lord, you His saints. There is no one to those who fear Him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Those who fear God, those who seek God first, those who trust the Lord will not lack any good thing, because God is good. Before I go on and preach more, I want to settle something in this church, in your heart, in your mind. Do you believe what the Word of God says? Do you believe that everything He says in the Bible is truth and right? Don't let anybody talk you into watering down the Bible, because they say that what the Bible say doesn't match their experiences. Don't think this way because I don't experience what the Bible say. Therefore, the word of God is not true. You need to put the word of God first before your experience. What does it mean want in the Bible here? The word want mean not enough money to pay bills, not enough money to have all the things that you need in your life: food, shelter, paying gasoline, have enough money to do the necessary things in your life. And God said that I am a good God. You shall not want. You shall have all the good things in your life more than enough, because I'm the good God. It is His will that we have plenty. It is His will for us to be in want. It is His will for us to be poor and cannot pay bills. No, He wrote the book of Psalm 34 not just to impress us that oh I'm a great God. He doesn't need to impress us with what he say. He knows who he is. He's a good God. He is so secure in himself. A lot of people read the Bible. Oh, this is impossible. I don't experience this, so it's impossible. Maybe God tried to impress me. This is so good. No, he doesn't need to impress you. He knows who he is. He's so secure. But we need to have faith. What he say is right and is true. Do you know that God is so good? That he is better than what we experience and what we know. Let me repeat one more time. He is so good that he is even better than what we know and what we experience. We don't even know enough his goodness. You try to study the Bible, still his goodness is greater than what you know. That's why we need to keep preaching and teaching until you get more understanding and revelation of how good he is. And if you really convince he is good. Then your life will never be the same because you receive everything from God by faith. You need to be persuaded. You need to be convinced, and you need to have faith that God is good. Many believers are ignoring this obvious message of the goodness of God. God is trying to convince them through the Scripture that I am good. He makes it so plain and simple. Believe, I'm good. I can help you. I can take care of you. He make the scripture so plain and simple, but it's so hard for many intellectual people to accept the truth. They try to analyze the Bible. They try to make the Bible so complicated. They try to dissect the Bible and argue with the Bible and say, "No, it's not true what the Bible say because my experiences have not matched what the Bible say." And they try to water down the Word of God instead of coming to God like children. Simple children, they say, "God, I'm gonna believe simply what you say. I accept everything you say, like children." The Bible says, "You cannot enter the kingdom of God 
if you are not like children. You need to come to God in a simple way. Say yes and amen to every word that God say, and have faith. I think that's why so many miracles happen in the third world country because they are not too sophisticated and too intellectual in listening to the word of God. They just grab the word and say yes and amen, and miracle happen to them. In the Western country, we are too complicated. We think too much and we try to dissect. And to analyze the Bible too much, and we just say, "Oh, it's impossible." Oh, you argue with God all the time. That's why you don't see so much miracle in this kind of nation. But we need to say, "Yes, God, whatever you say is right. Whatever you say is true. I receive it. I believe it, and it's going to happen to me." One fact that you should know is that even though you backslide, even though you say no to the Bible, God has not changed. He's still the same God. He's still the good God. He's still powerful. He's still loving and merciful. Your comment and your thought about him doesn't change who he is. Instead of trying to argue, you just raise your standard, raise the bar up to his level. Instead of watering down the word of God, you just say, "Okay, God, I'm gonna raise my experience up to the level of your word. I will not pull your word down." To the level of my experiences, God, all of my lifetime, let me experience what the Bible say. Let me experience what you say. Even though it takes my lifetime to experience what you say, I'm gonna press in. I'm gonna raise my bar up, raise my experiences up to the level of heaven. Amen. And I experience that in my life every time I read the Bible and say yes and amen. I begin to seek God for experiences. And God really raised my experience. One time, I studied the Bible about being drunk in the Holy Spirit, and I said, "I haven't seen that in my life. I haven't seen people in the church drunk in the Holy Ghost yet." But the Bible talk about it. And one day, I think maybe about seven years ago, the Holy Spirit hit me in another church, and I got drunk for two hours. Even on the way home, I was drunk in the Holy Spirit, and now I know, oh, being drunk in the Holy Spirit is real because I have. First-hand experience of how you can be so filled with the Holy Spirit that you like drunk with wine, drunk with the Holy Ghost wine. Experience of healing, experiences of what God say, His goodness. We need to raise our experience up to the level of the Word of God. Amen. Many Christians say that healing doesn't happen today anymore. Yes, the Bible talk about healing, but I don't believe it because at that time the apostle. Has the power to heal people, and all these apostles in the New Testament have passed away. So the supernatural healing doesn't happen in the church anymore. When they get sick, then they will ask God to heal them. Then they will pray for the sick. The thing that healing is gone from the body of Christ because they water down the Bible to the level of their experiences that healing is not true. I want to tell you, healing is still happening today. God still heal people. Supernatural healings to happen around the world and in this church. I try to invite so many patients to come here. They shook their head and say, "No, I don't believe it. I don't believe that God can heal." And I feel so sad for them. Some of my patients have incurable disease. 
have incurable pain. They have to be on heavy narcotics, and I have to X-ray and X-ray and X-ray. As a neurosurgeon, I say, you know, I have nothing else to operate on you. I cannot help you anymore. Why don't you go to church? Why don't you come into the presence of God? And they shook their head and said, No, I don't believe it. I don't believe God can heal me. And that is so sad. Actually, I believe it all my heart. If they show up in this room, get touched by God, they're going to be healed. And they don't have to pay money. Free of charge. Amen. They don't have to pay a medical bill to me. Free of charge. Is it wonderful that people can be healed free of charge? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We need to be able to differentiate between the good and the bad. God is good and he wants us to be healthy. God is good. He wants us to be well-to-do financially. Poverty is bad. Sickness is bad. The devil is bad. God is good. As Christians, we should be able to differentiate. And we need to believe what the Bible says. Amen? We need to believe that the blessing is good and the curse is bad. Life is good. Death is bad. And we need to make choice that we choose the goodness of God. And we believe that God is good. Amen? You seem too excited about the goodness of God in this room. You seem so excited. God is good. You should shout, Amen. Amen. God is good. (laughs) God's goodness is for me. If healing is not of God, if sickness is the will of God, when Jesus was walking on earth and the sick came to him, he would have said, Okay, I'm sorry, it's the will of my father that you stay sick. Is that right? What did Jesus do when he was walking on earth 2,000 years ago? Let me read the Bible. Matthew chapter 4, verse 24. Healing is the manifestation of the goodness of God. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics and paralytics. And he chased them away. Is that right? He healed them. Not only one, all of them. Matthew 12, 15. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew from there and great multitudes followed him and he healed them all. I believe one day we're going to come to that point that everyone who comes to church will be healed, everybody. Because the faith in the church is so high, people believe that healing belongs to the church. Amen? Should we raise our bar up to that point that healing is the will of God. And we can see healing in the local church. And out there, when we lay hands on the sick, we can see healing. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Don't water down the scriptures. Don't water down the Bible to the level of your experience. When you do that, we call human pride. You think that you know more than God. You think that you are smarter than God. That's why you water down the scripture. You should say, God, bring me up to the level of your truth. Help me experience what you say in the Bible. Show me what I need to know. Help me build my faith. Rise my faith up to the level of what you say in the scripture. I will never be satisfied in my life until I experience everything you say in the Bible. I want to live according to your Bible. I want to experience everything you say in the Bible. 
You need to build your faith up in that way. Your word in my standard. Your word is truth and right, and I gonna yield to your truth, and I'm not gonna argue with your word. Help me to have faith. Walk by faith to see what you say. Amen. The word of God is so simple. Just believe it and act on it, and you shall see what the Bible say is true. There are two things that really deceive the believers in the church. Number one, the devil will say. What the word of God say is not for today; it's for two thousand years ago. Another thing is that they don't even know what the Bible say. So we need to know what the Bible say. We need to believe that what the Bible say is for today, and we need to believe that it's for you and me, not just for the apostle. Everyone, point to yourself. The word, the word. is for me. me. What God promised in the Bible is for me. It's not only for the preacher. Everyone, point for me. How many people want to live in good health? You want to be sick? Sickness is ex- expensive nowadays. You know that medical bill is very expensive. How many people want to be well-to-do? Point to yourself. This for me. Plenty. Blessing. God is good. The scripture is for me. Amen. Let's look at another one that the Bible talk about. How about looking at the speaking in tongues? How many people want to walk from Belleville to Everett? Raise your hand up. How many people want to ride a bicycle from Belleville to Everett? How many people want to have a sport car, beautiful car, and you drive from Belleville to Everett? Raise your hand up. Ah, oh, I don't need to do brain transplant here. You know. How many people want to have very low power Wi-Fi in your house? How many people want to have a high-speed internet in your house? Oh, you want to have high-speed internet, is that right? Go fast, boom, 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 boom. The same thing. God is good. He wants to give you spiritual high-speed internet. He doesn't want you to live a low level of power and energy on earth here, because God is so good. He wants to give you high power. God is powerful, and He never withdraw the power. The problem that God cannot move through you in powerful way because of your wrong thinking and your unbelief. God is so good that He wants to give you power. How does He do it? He baptizes you with the Holy Spirit, and when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you speak with new tongues, heavenly tongues, heavenly language. And a lot of people who read that scripture say, "That's for 2,000 years ago in the early church. Not for today. That we speak in tongues. They begin to argue with the Bible. Speaking in tongues is for today. It's amazing in Thailand when they lay hand on people. They never even study the Bible about speaking in tongues. After demon come out and it said, "Fill with the Holy Spirit right now." They speak in tongues, and it happened in front of my eyes. They don't even learn about. Speaking in tongues in the Bible, because it's true that God can fill people with the power. If you don't believe in being filled with the power of God and speak in tongues, God is not going to force your will to believe it. God is a gentleman. You get what you believe, and it's up to you. That's what I learned. We ourselves need to pursue to believe more and to receive more. He's not going to force us. He try to send teaching to you, but if you say no, I don't want it. It's up to you. He's not forcing anybody. He gives us free will and freedom of choice. But if you don't get what the Bible say, 
you miss out a lot on earth here. It's like you try to walk from Belleville to Everett. Instead of God already gives you the key for a sport car to drive to Everett, but you just say no to the key, the car key, and say, I cannot walk. I don't care what you say. I don't believe it's too good to be true that somebody give me a sport car to drive for free. God wants to give you a sport car and high-speed internet for free. But you say, no, it's too good to be true. God is really good. He gives you free high-speed internet. He gives you free sport car to drive. Amen? God can do that for you if you just believe what he say. And you may argue in your heart, oh, speaking in tongue is stupid. I don't understand what I say. Speaking in tongue is a language of the spirit. And you don't understand because you don't speak to man, but you speak to God. You speak mystery of God. You speak the plan and the will of God and you don't understand. You say, no, I don't understand. I don't want to speak it. But I want to tell you right now, you don't understand a lot of languages in the world anyway. I was sitting in the restaurant in Japan and people were talking Japanese and I have no clue what they're talking about. I know only a few words, oichi and hi, which means yes. Hi, oichi and arigato gozaimasu. I just know only a few words and other, it just passed my ear and I don't understand. So when you speak tongues and you don't understand, don't worry about it. God understands you because you are speaking to God, the mystery of God. And when you don't know what to pray, you can pray in tongues to God. And praying in tongues is the perfect will of God that come out from your mouth. The perfect will. The Bible says that you build your life up in the Holy Ghost by speaking in tongue. And you do it by faith. It's not by intellectual ability. You just open your mouth, you speak in tongue by faith. You believe and you speak. Amen? You don't need to have a feeling before you speak. It's not about feeling. It's about faith. You open your mouth and speak. And some of you may argue, oh, if that is real, I wait for God to speak through me. God is not going to speak to you. You need to open your mouth, make voice, move your vocal cord and speak and God give you the language. In Acts chapter 2 verse 4, the Bible says, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. Who speak? They, not God. They speak as the Spirit gave them utterance. You speak and God gives you the language. You need to open your mouth and speak in tongue by faith. And God gives you the language. This is how we walk a Christian life. We read the word, listen carefully. We believe what the words say, we act on it. True faith must follow by action. You act on it by faith. And God take over. Listen one more time. You hear the word, build faith, you have faith, you act on it, and God take over the rest. If you don't have faith, you don't know the word, you don't have faith, you cannot do anything, then you don't see the miracle. You don't see what God has for you. You need to know the word. That's why I want to encourage you to listen to the word of God on a regular basis. Read the word of God. Listen to the word of God all the time so that you have faith, act on it, and start to see what God wants to do. Okay. Everyone say, listen to the word. Get the word in. Have faith. Act on it. And God move. But when God is moving, you yield. Everyone say yield. yield. 
Because we have the freedom of choice, we have free will. When God starts moving, you can resist and kick Him out. So the principle of God is: when you start to act and God is moving, you yield. And the more you yield, the more He will move. The more you yield, the more He will act with you. This is the principle of how to walk the Christian life. How many people want to be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit? Raise your hand up. How many people want to have more gifts of the Holy Spirit? What do you do? The same thing. Learn about the Holy Spirit. Yield. Have faith. Act on it. And when God is moving, you yield more. When I lay hand on people to speak in tongue, I tell them speak louder, speak louder, louder. Because the more they speak louder, they yield more. The more they yield, God is moving more. God is moving, so they become more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And as years go by, they're more sensitive. And the more they yield in speaking in tongue, the more the gift of the Holy Spirit will rise on the inside of them. Because if they yield to the speaking in tongue, they're going to yield to the gift when they go out to preach the gospel. You see the principle in the Bible here that God wants us to yield to Him. Don't be a beggar, but be a believer. We don't beg God for the Holy Spirit, but we believe that the Holy Spirit is for us. And then we act and yield. And God is moving. Before I go up to preach in the revival service in Thailand, I did not beg God to move. I just go up and have faith, and I believe. As I yield, God is moving, and I just obey the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit begin to work and move and heal people and touch people and save people. People just walk out to altar call. I did not even push. I just say, "Who want to be saved? Come out here." People just walk out. Simple, I just say simple sentence. I did not try to manipulate anybody. The Holy Spirit just moved and called all the non-believers who stand in front at the altar call, hundreds of them, because I yield to the Holy Spirit. And He moved. The more I yield, the more He moved. And then He performed miracles in a meeting. That's how it works in the Christian life. Religion tries to complicate the walk with God. Very simple. Christian walk is very simple. Get the word. Believe it, act on it, yield, and God will do something for you. Everyone say Christianity is simple. It takes faith. How does faith come? How does faith come? Hearing and hearing of the word of God. Amen. When you speak in tongue, you communicate with God. You speak mystery. Everyone say speak mysteries. You speak out the will of God for your life. When you want to pray for your mom and dad, maybe they are in another state or another country, and you don't know what to pray for them, the Holy Spirit know exactly what to pray for them. Then you begin to pray in tongue. When I talk about praying in tongue, I'm talking about praying in tongue privately. Apostle Paul said that in the congregation, only a few people speak in tongue with interpretation. But at the same time, Paul said that I speak in tongue more than all of you. Where did Paul speak in tongue? Not in the congregation, not in the public meeting. He prayed in tongue privately in his own bedroom, in his own place. He did not speak in tongue a lot in the big meeting. But he said, "I spoke in tongue more than anyone else." Do we need to pray in tongue every day? Yes. If the believers in the early church speak in tongue, and Paul say, "I speak in tongue more than all of you," should we pray in tongue every day? I pray in tongue every day to build my holy faith. To build myself up, I pray in tongue every day. I talk to God in His language. When you speak in tongue, you speak to Him at His level. For example, if I go to the White House right now and try to speak to the president, 
I would not know how to speak to him in the level of his language because I don't know about politics. The only way is to to speak to know each other is to speak at his level. When you speak in tongue, you speak at God's level to him, and you communicate with him in the spirit. It doesn't come from your mind, but come from your spirit that you talk to God, and it's wonderful. And you stir up the power on the inside of you that you can have a high-speed internet on the inside of you all the time. Walk in the power. If we're going to do the Great Commission, we cannot do by human ability. We need the power of God. Amen. That's why Luke chapter 24, verse 49 say, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Do you need to speak in tongue every day? Yes. How many people promise God that I'm going to pray in tongue privately at home every day? How many people repent that you don't pray in tongue enough? From now on, are you going to pray in tongue when you drive in a car? I pray in tongue when I perform surgery. People think that I'm crazy. But I pray in tongue. I walk in the hospital. Sometime I was in the elevator and I pray in tongue. And when the elevator opened, the nurse walked in. I just stand and smile. Otherwise, I think that I'm crazy. <laughs> Psalm 34 verse 8 Oh test and see that the Lord is good Blessed is the man who trusts in him God wants us to test and see his goodness And then he continued to say in verses 11 to 14 Come you children Listen to me I will teach you the fear of the Lord Who is the man who decides life How many people decide life How many people want to have life Not death not broken relationship, not poverty, not sickness, not being in the hospital day and night, go in and out of the hospital, emergency room, emergency room all the time. Life. Who love many days. How many people want to have longevity? Live a long life. That he may see good. How many people want to see good in your life? How do you do that? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. If you want to live a long life, you want to have life, you want to see many good things in your life, you need to walk like God. Always do good. Amen? I like the scripture. God is good. He does good. He speaks good. His will is good. Everything is good. If you want to match with Him and walk with Him in good, you need to walk in goodness all the time. Psalm 125 verse 4. Do good. O Lord, unto those that be good and to them that are upright in their hearts. NLT say, O Lord, do good to those who are good, whose hearts are in tune with you. If you sow good, you reap good. If you walk like God, treat people well, do good to people, don't destroy their reputation, don't cheat people, don't take advantage of people. Always bless people, do good to people, love people, give, 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 love, talk positive. Always do good to people. God has the legal right to do good to you. And you're going to live in the goodness of God. How many people promise you're going to talk good from now on? You're not talk bad anymore. How many people promise that you're going to do good? Do good to yourself, do good to your wife, do good to your children, do good to your neighbors. I want God to do good to me. I want to sow only good and receive good from heaven. 
Everyone say, "I will do good." God is good, and He will do good to me. I will have life, many days, long life, and all the good things happen to me. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. How many people are going to practice what we learned today? In conclusion, believe God is good. Act on it. Yield to the move of God and do good. Speak good, and you shall experience good. Amen. I'm gonna preach the second part next Sunday. The good land. Continue to talk about the children of Israel in the promised land. How many people in this room say, "I want to know this good God. I want to be a child of the living God." Raise your hand up. How many people say, "I want to be born again and go to heaven"? Raise your hand up. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we speak to God right now to give our life to God? Follow my prayer, Father in heaven. Thank you, Lord, that you are such a good God. You love me. You want me to experience good. I repent of my sin. I believe Jesus died for me. I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart that Jesus. Is the good God, the good Lord? He has good things prepared for me. Lord Jesus, be my Lord and be my Savior. I turn away from my sins. I seek the kingdom of God first. I sow the seed of good, and I will reap the harvest of good. I will follow you and be good by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let's give the mighty hand of praises to the Lord. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. To a m a l gathered in your name, I live.